Today we're going to learn all the steps in making a video game on episode one of the Game Dev Field Guide. Hey everyone, how's it going? I hope you're having a good day today. Um, today is the first episode of the Game Dev Field Guide, and I'm super excited to get started. Uh, I'm your host, Zachavelli, um, and I guess we'll just jump right into it. Uh, the first thing I think we should talk about with me starting this is who I am, my, my background, and maybe uh, reasons why you might want to listen. Um, so I'm an indie game developer. Uh, I've been developing games for probably like seven years now. Um, I started when I was a kid. I I loved playing with like, I would take Legos and that would be kind of like my graphics, if you want to put it that way. And then we'd uh, use dice and stuff for game mechanics. So it's, it's always been something I've been um, interested in. Um... And the reason I decided to start a podcast is there's a lot of good game dev podcasts out there, but a lot of them are maybe targeted towards a more intermediate or advanced audience. Um, I found it really hard to listen to some of the industry giants, um, you know, people who are really knowledgeable and kind of equate that to what I was doing because I'm just making like small time games. So yeah, this is kind of aimed at um, people who maybe you've made a couple games yourself or maybe you're just beginning or you want to learn. I'm um, hoping to make evergreen content so that every episode has a topic uh, and you can kind of learn some tips and tricks on the beginner and intermediate level uh, instead of, you know, hearing a higher level kind of industry stuff. Um, that being said, if you listen to enough of these, you'll be able to make a game from beginning to finish, and that's the topic of today's episode, um, how to make a game and launch it so that maybe you could make a little bit of money or have your friends play it or what have you. Um, but before we do that, something I kind of want to do every week, um, I had an idea about uh, sort of a community participation idea, so we're going to try and do an idea jam for every episode. So what is an idea jam, you might be asking. So an idea jam is going to be similar to a game jam, if you know what that is. It's it's where you make a game in a weekend or usually a, a short period of time. I'm going to have this idea jam, one for every episode. I'm going to give you a kind of um, rules, and then we're going to see who comes up with the best idea, and they'll send it to me in an email or a DM or something like that. And I'll read it on air. Um and I don't know, maybe we can talk about it. I think that'd be a fun fun way to uh, participate and engage with the community. So for this week's Idea Jam, we're just going to keep it real simple to start. Just tell me about a game idea that you have. It doesn't have to be one that you made. It doesn't have to be one that you ha knew about previous to this episode. Just make one up right now. Um, and I'll read some of my favorite. Uh, on the next episode. Send me your ideas uh, on Twitter 
at zfleming31, Fleming with one M, or you can email me at cottagestreetinteractive at gmail.com. That's cottagestreet, all spelled out, interactive, uh, at gmail.com. So without further ado, let's get into the body of the episode. So today's topic is how to make and launch a video game from beginning to end. Um, and of course, the first thing you have to have is an idea. Um, everybody comes up with ideas a little bit different, I think. Um, from my personal experience, I kind of like to use games that I like uh, to play and then maybe mash up a couple of features from uh, different games. Um, and this can be actually kind of a, a cool way to merge genres and maybe even come up with something totally new. Um, and you shouldn't ever feel like, oh, well, I'm just not really inventing anything new. I'm, I'm borrowing from games because, as I say, nothing's new under the sun. And like every video game borrows from other games. And actually that kind of is what makes them steadily get better and better and better is you you keep the good things from previous games that you play maybe you tweak the things that you wanted uh, a little bit different uh, for your ideas. So anyways, that's how I that's how I come up with my game ideas. Um, maybe you're extremely creative and you just come up with like a brand new genre out of nowhere. But I think most of us will want to maybe borrow from games that already exist or at least genres that already exist. Um, so the next thing you got to consider is your skill set. What kind of things do you have that can go towards making a game and it's okay if you don't have any to start I started with nothing but the ideas of making games um, but in order to get it done you're gonna have to learn the skills or have someone help you with some skills uh, and that's where we get into like maybe having a team or working as a duo or working with your friends to get something done but Really, you got to think about what skills do you absolutely need. For most projects, it'll be a programmer and an artist, really. If you can boil it down to those two things, you can make a pretty complete game. Now, there's kind of a third category that's a catch-all. It's kind of like business, administration, and marketing and stuff like that. And that's really just going to come into if you want to make money uh, with your game and maybe get it on Steam or get it on the App Store or something like that, uh, then you'll have to have a third kind of skill set. And that one is one that you probably, if you're working with a partner or even if you're doing it by yourself, you can probably teach yourself and be both those roles. And a lot of people um, are able to be both the artist and the programmer and all three and launch entire games. I've, I've dabbled in art a little bit, but I would definitely call myself a programmer. That being said, I've launched every single one of my games by myself. Um, and yeah, I've done the art, I've done the business administration, and I've done the programming. So certainly possible to do all three, even if you're not classically trained in art. God knows I'm not my artist. Um, we'll call it abstract. So yeah, that's the first thing you got to do. You got to figure out what skills do you have are you a coder are you an artist are you a game design person are you a marketer um and for i think for everyone everyone can be all of those things 
Uh, it might be hard to learn some of the other things, um, but you can definitely make an entire game and fill every one of those roles. It just is going to take a little bit more work. So the next thing you got to figure out is what platform you're going to make your game for. This would be things like, um, do you want it to be a mobile game? Do you want it to be on a PC? Do you want to make it for the Nintendo Switch? Um, and when you're figuring this out, really consider your idea how it's going to work on that platform. For instance, um, are your controls going to work on a touchscreen? That's, that's a number one thing to consider when you're making mobile. If it's just like an easy platformer where you just touch the screen, then yeah, I think that works good on mobile. But making like a RTS, a real-time strategy game, for instance, can be pretty challenging on mobile um, just because usually there's a lot of buttons to press. And there's only so much space on the mobile screen, um, so it can be really hard to fit in all the buttons that you got to press on such a tiny space. So once you have an idea and you know what skills you have, and you know the platform you're going to make it for, it's time to decide how you're going to make it. And that how, the very first step into that is what platform you're going to use, what game development platform you're going to use. And I think the best um, game development engine for beginners and even inter intermediates, and I would argue even advanced people, um, is Unity 3D. Now, Disclaimer, I've only ever used Unity 3D. I've never used Unreal or some of the open source ones like Godot. Um, but yeah, Unity has... Any idea I've ever had, I've been able to make it in Unity. Um, it's got good documentation online. It's free. It's just got a lot of things to like about it. And uh, the series will probably be Unity-focused just because that's where all my um, experience is. So yeah, I recommend Unity as your game dev platform. So once you know your idea, you kind of know what skills you have, and you know what platform you got to use, uh, we're going to start making the game. We're going to get into prototyping. Um, this is going to be where a lot of your ideas die. And I say that because a prototype is really just your game at its most basic features. So maybe you're making a... Um, Let's just say you're making Mario, and so you made the first level, World 1-1, Mario just jumping up on on uh, platforms, and maybe you got some enemies for him to jump on. And maybe your game idea differed a little bit, and you said, okay, well, I'm going to control Mario with the, uh, I don't, with the Guitar Hero whammy bar. Um, and so you, you get all this made, you get your Guitar Hero thing plugged in, and you're thinking in your mind, like, oh, this is going to be sweet. I'm going to be playing Mario with the Guitar Hero. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Um, but then once you make it, you find out that, well, frankly, you find out that it sucks. It, it just doesn't really work that well. And that's fine. That happens with, like, probably 80% of the ideas. In your head, it sounds really cool. But, you know, once you get to play it, you realize that the whammy bar is not a good way to control Mario. Um, and that's fine because once you made that prototype, then you can kind of expand on it. And maybe you could, it is fun to use the strumming thing on the guitar. I don't know. This is where you're going to get a lot of your innovation um, and find out some pretty cool things and maybe come up with a whole new idea. 
But the point is to make a simple prototype so that you don't make a fully featured game and then you go to play it and it sucks and you spend all this time making it and it's really not that fun. So I would recommend boiling your project down to, boiling your idea down to its most simple elements, the things that are going to be most fun about it, prototype it, and then you can find out if it's fun or not. So once you have a core idea down and you, and you know it's fun, you're controlling Mario with the uh, strumming thing on the Guitar Hero, maybe you're hitting some guitar solos mid, uh, I don't know, with the green pipe things, he jumps down, maybe there's a guitar solo section there. That actually sounds kind of fun, I'm going to make that. But, uh, but anyways, back on track, you got to determine the scope of your game. And I know this sounds like... Um, I don't know, it sounds like it's something that would be easy to do, right? You just say, well, it's Mario, but I control it with the Guitar Hero thing, and there's guitar solos mid-pipe. But then all these other ideas are going to start to sneak in your head. You're going to say, well, what if I made it uh, multiplayer, and we could control Luigi with the drum set? And then, well, it'd be kind of fun to have Princess Peach with a microphone and control her. Um... And this is like a classic pitfall of game design. It's called scope creep. It's where you start getting all these other ideas and you keep adding them onto your game and you keep adding them and keep adding them. And then it takes you 20 years to make the game and it's some crazy multi-genre uh, insane collaboration. And uh, it just it usually doesn't work that well. So... Limit your game to as small a scope as possible. Get your idea across with as few mechanics and features as you possibly can. And that kind of sounds counterintuitive, but I promise you it'll be a much better game if it's clear and concise and like perfectly executed rather than having a bunch of crazy mechanics and a super giant game that takes forever to make. And I think it's a good idea, if it's your first game ever, it's a really good idea to make something extremely simple. And I mean like recreate Pong and then maybe add something uh, new to it and kind of build up from there. That's that's how I did it because if you start with a game, maybe your dream is to make a MMO, which is really cool. I mean, I think you should follow your dream, but... An MMO is insanely hard to make and takes a super long time. And if it's your first game ever, it's just going to take way too long, be way too hard. And honestly, if it's your dream game and it's your first game, um, I'm saving my dream game idea for when I'm like in my prime of game development. If that makes sense, like I want my dream game to be when I'm at the top of my personal game which is like 30 years down the line from now. But hopefully 30 years down the line, I'll have um, enough experience to make my dream game like the best possible game it can be. So I guess if it's your first game, you know, limit your scope to as small as possible. Maybe you have a unique idea and just figure out how do I make that game as simple as possible and not start adding all these other ideas into your head. Remember, you can always add the other ideas. Um, maybe if you want to make a sequel, then you add the other ideas. Uh, but for your first couple games, 
just stick to really small scoped. And honestly, even if you're a couple games in, this is still a practice that I use because if you want to release games, let's say you're at the intermediate level and you're starting to maybe put a game on Steam or put a game on the on the mobile market, keeping the scope tight is just going to help you release games more often um, and make for better games overall. So at this point, um, you've made your prototype and you've got a scope defined for what your game is. You're going to take the core ideas of your prototype, maybe expand it a little bit um, with the scope of your game, and now you just got to plan your development. I think this really, really helps keep you on track. Um, and I know not everyone's like a big plans person. I certainly wasn't when I started. I just kind of worked on my games whenever I felt like it. But if you if you take your end idea and break it into tiny goals maybe like a month out is one goal and then a month and a month a month like take small steps uh you'll develop a lot more consistently and yeah you'll just always keep that wheel of progress turning um this is also when you're going to want to consider if you need to buy some freelance work if in the when you were determining determining your skills if in that step you decided um I'm just not very good at art, for instance, and I can't do art, then that's when you're going to want to say, well, then I'm going to have to hire someone to do art. And this is when you kind of plan plan your development and figure, well, do I need to buy art from someone? There's lots of good places online, um, like Fiverr and Upwork. You can kind of go on there and search for game artists. Uh, Reddit's another good place. There's lots of people who like to do art because there's a lot of people on the other side of the coin where they can do art, but they can't program or they're not very good at designing games. And maybe I shouldn't have jumped straight to buying freelance work because usually you can find people who just want to work on games together with you and they can kind of fill in the gaps um, of the skills that you don't have. Uh, it's really fun to, for instance, work with your friends, you know, maybe you're you got one friend who knows how to program and one friend who can do art. Um, and yeah, it's fun to make games like that. I will say if you're at the intermediate level and you're trying to make games for money on Steam or the mobile market, um, it's really hard to skimp on any of the uh, skill sets. I would say art is probably the most important because it's the first thing people look at. And you can have really ugly code, but as long as it works, it works. Um, but yeah, if your art's not good and it's the first thing people see, they're not going to want to buy your game. So now we're at the point where you've got your game all planned out, how you're going to make it, um, all of its features. Um, now what really is left to do is execute the plan. Um, and like I said, it, it really helps to break your plan down into like monthly goals and try and reach to those monthly goals. And this is probably the hardest part of the whole process is um, consistently working on your game for a long time because games just take a long time to make. Um, I'm in the process of making my latest game. Uh, I'm planning on releasing it on Steam in 2022, and I've been working on it since 2019. And this is another reason why we prototype... Um, is because you're going to be with this idea for a long time. So you want to have like a strict idea and 
prototype and scope so that you know that it's a really good game and you don't get burned out on it um, because if you're working on something for a long time you start to see the flaws with the idea that's just going to continue to kind of make you not want to work on it because halfway through you're going to find out that yeah maybe this isn't as fun and uh, since you've been working on it for so long you're just going to get bored with it and that's fine that's okay to give up on a game in the middle of the process it happens a lot um, but it's kind of something you want to avoid because you might work on it for six months and then change your mind and then you just kind of lost six months of work that could be put towards the next idea that is good and is going to make it all the way to the end so once you're at this point you're going to think to yourself well the hard work's done the game is made I have a game it's ready to go um, but the hard work is still to come I like to I can't remember where I saw this. I think it was somewhere on the internet. But someone uh, said once that 90% of the game is finished uh, in the last 10% of the time you work. So this is really when you do your polishing and bug fixing. And you'll be doing bug fixing um, in the middle of your development. We'll probably have a whole episode on bug fixing and polish. But... Really, once you have your game done and complete, feature complete, you're going to want to go back through and polish up every tiny detail that you possibly can. Um, I like to spend like half the amount of time. So let's say I made a game in in four months. I like to spend two months polishing and bug, bug fixing and just making sure that it's the best possible game it can be because especially with AAA titles right now, we all have played games that on launch are just broken and not good. And for AAA titles, they have such high marketing budgets that people are still going to buy it and still going to play it. But for tiny indie games, the second that your game shows any flaw, like it doesn't work or lost a save or you have like a broken quest or something, um, people are just going to move on to the next thing because... There's so many games out right now that the second yours has a flaw, they're just going to go on to the next one. And so that's why it's super important that on launch your game works like perfectly. And the best way to do that is to spend a lot of time polishing it and bug fixing it. And that time you spend doing that also gives us a good opportunity to do the next thing, uh, which is marketing. you got to tell people about your game and, and get an audience that are going to want to play it. Um, you might think that it'd just be able to launch the game and it's such a good idea that people are just going to naturally flock to it, but um, 100% of the time that doesn't work. It, and it doesn't work just because there are so many games out that there's tons of stuff to play and people are just going to buy and play the things that they see that looks interesting to them. And if you never tell anyone about it, um, they're, they're never going to see it and they're never going to get that opportunity to uh, look at an ad or look at the art or say oh that's interesting and want to start playing it so marketing is a huge step a lot of people think like I've, I've put a lot of time in on the programming I put a lot of time on the art the game's good um, and I can kind of you know phone it in on the marketing and because the game's so good it's just it's going to work out but really marketing is the most important step 
you honestly, you could probably have a bad game and do marketing and have a financial ex- success. Now, I'm not saying that's the right way to do it. Um, obviously, I like the art of making a game. Uh, but marketing is a huge step, especially if you're expecting financial success. So it's really important to start marketing early. Um, the second you have something cool to show, you should clip it, put it on Reddit, put it on your Twitter, put it on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, um, and start building that audience as soon as you have something cool. And that'll just help you. If you have a big audience uh, before launch day, uh, that's the best way to do it because most of your, the majority of your sales are going to happen in like the first week of your launch. And then they're just going to drop off a cliff um, for the rest of the game's lifetime, usually. Now, there are some games where it steadily grows because it, it's such a good game, it grows of word of mouth. But that's definitely the exception to the rule. So now you have a game and uh, you've polished it, you've bug fixed it, you've been doing marketing for months, you have kind of an audience who's excited for it to release, and uh, you got to figure out where you're going to release it. Now, this is going to depend on the platform that you decided to make the game for. Obviously, if you made it for mobile phones, uh, you're going to release it on the App Store. You know, if you made it for PCs, you're going to release it on Steam, probably. Itch.io is another one that's uh, pretty good. And each one of these uh, store places, or whatever you want to call it, have pretty specific rules. Um, so this is kind of where the business administration skill comes in. You're going to have to go through like paperwork and up- uploading the right files and getting licenses and stuff. And it's really, it's not that hard. It's just kind of like doing paperwork really. And most of the stuff you can Google and it just, you know, it takes a little bit. Um, but it's really not that bad. Uh, anyone can do it. You don't have to be like a lawyer or anything. Um, so launch day comes up hopefully you had a big crowd and you sold a lot if you didn't no worries um a lot of your first games probably won't be a success that's just how everything goes you know that the first couple of times you do any skill um are not usually your best times and they're not usually successes but that's fun you got a ton of practice and you did something that 99 percent of people who ever had a video game idea haven't done they most people have the idea and then they never get to make it and you should be happy that you made it you made it all the way through so your game's been out for a couple weeks now um you've got some reviews in i guarantee one thing that's going to happen is people are going to find bugs um even though you spent all that time looking for bugs they're going to find more um so we need to talk about the next thing which is maintaining a game um and this can be where you can turn a bad game into a good game hopefully it's a good game on release but uh, I should say you can make any game better during its maintenance so this is things like fixing extra bugs maybe adding support maybe your mobile game will work on PC um, and then you can port it over to PC and then that's even better because now you got two revenue streams two places it's being downloaded and played um, and so oftentimes maintaining a game is where a lot of the progress and success can come from. Um, and this is, can be where you can start to get ideas maybe for a sequel or a new game. Um, 
you know, in reading your reviews or hearing what people are saying, engaging with your community, this is a good time to, you know, start thinking about your next project and maybe implement some of the things that you wish were in this project into the next one. So yeah, that was a super quick run through on making a game from beginning to finish. Um, it probably sounds pretty simple on this, but truly making a game is like a marathon uh, and it's a, a pretty hard thing to do. But it's also an extremely rewarding thing to do. And it's something that anyone can do. All you really need is an idea and a computer. Yeah, and anyone can do it. And I know for a lot of people, it's like their dream to make a, a video game. It certainly was for me when I first started, and it still is. I still love doing it. Um, and when I was first starting, it seemed like an impossible task. But I hope with this series, we'll break down each one of those tasks um, and show you that if you just approach it in those by on, on a task-by-task task basis... It's actually, it's something anyone can do. You right now who's listening, you can do it. Um, and yeah, keep listening and you're probably going to learn some tips and tricks along the way to not only do it, but do it well. Uh, yeah, and we're going to make some cool games together. So if you want to get a hold of me, um, you can DM me on Twitter at ZFleming31. Uh, that's Fleming with one M. Um, you can email me at cottagestreetinteractive at gmail.com. Cottage Street Interactive, all spelled out. Uh, that's the name of my company. So, yeah, I know this one was uh, super quick, um, but I'm trying to shoot between like 30 minutes and 45 minutes for each one of these episodes. And the next episode will probably be a little bit longer because we'll have an idea jam to talk about. Uh, so don't forget to write in to me with those. Um, in the next episode, I think we're going to do on jumping mechanics. So that would be implementing jumping mechanics into your game, I guess, which sounds super simple, right? You just press a button, jump. But there's all sorts of little tips and tricks you can do to make a pretty awesome, pretty fun uh, jumping mechanic in your game. I have been Zaccavelli, your host. This was the Game Dev Field Guide. And I look forward to talking to you guys next week.